Welcome to D-Pad Diaries, a new game and story each week, hosted by yours truly. This week's episode, Surviving Eventide Island. Hi folks, thanks for tuning in. This week, I played a game called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, originally released for the Wii U and Switch back in 2017, developed by Nintendo, and it's the latest, uh, Breath of the Wild is the latest installment in a long-running franchise called The Legend of Zelda that has spanned back, I think, to the late 80s or early 90s. In Breath of the Wild, you play as an adventurer named Link trying to save the land of Hyrule from an ancient evil. You don't actually play as a character named Zelda. Zelda is a side or perhaps main character that uh, Link often rescues in the franchise following that common damsel in distress trope throughout, um, which is common in uh, video games. Um, so in, in Breath of the Wild, you explore, fight, and scavenge, and scavenge all in uh, third-person action. A third-person uh, game is one that you uh, are viewing the character. You view the character and control the character from the outside, so as if you're seeing, from one, seeing someone from five feet away. Whereas a first-person game would be where a camera would be um, placed on your shoulders as if you're controlling yourself in the game is the sort of closest approximation I could make. So this week in Breath of the Wild, in Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, um, I happened upon an island called Eventide Island within the land of Hyrule. Eventide Island has proved to be an ordeal for me within the game. Uh, this is an island uh, that's quite isolated and challenges you uh, to defeat it by, um, uh, well, the challenge that it presents is that once you land on this island, you can't use any of the items or gear or powers you've collected over the entire length of the game, save for a very spare few. So... Literally, you land on this island, uh, there's uh, a deity <laughs> that, or some sort of invisible spirit that strips you of everything, save your underwear. So all of your equipment's gone. All of your food is gone. The only thing you have are your magical abilities, which are definitely not to be looked down on, but... Certainly when you have been relying on your equipment and your and food and all these other gadgets, it's very um, sort of disorienting to be stripped of all those things very suddenly. So um, upon, uh, upon arriving, um, this as I've said, this isn't the first time I've played this island. I've played this island perhaps... I don't know, seven times and I've died all the seven times and eventually gave up on it for about a week. And then I came back to it. And this eighth attempt is the one that we're going to talk about. And the story of this eighth attempt is the one I'm going to cover in this podcast. So 
let's go back to the story. Upon arriving, I was, of course, stripped of everything, save my underwear and a few of my core abilities as Link. I was tasked from this invisible spirit to find three magical orbs and return them to a particular um, sites across the island. And I was like, I guess I don't have much of a choice now. Uh, so the previous, the first attempt, I was like, this is going to be pretty easy. I just need to find three orbs and put them back in their, in their places on the island. How hard could that be? That turned out to be much harder than I thought. And I was killed several times by the locals of the island. You see, the problem is, is that the locals, being goblin-like creatures um, and kind of greedy, are very attached to these orbs and will not let them go without a fight. Um, they will <laughs> lay down their lives if it means keeping these orbs from, from Link. So, um, in the ensemble of the island uh, inhabitants, we have the following. One giant hinox, one tree camp full of archers, one bluff full of aggressive slimes and red bokoblins, and a small army on top of the island uh, plateau. And most of these, if I didn't mention if they were bokoblins, uh, they either are bokoblins or uh, hoboblins. Um, I really hope I'm getting those names right. Anyways, um, one orb is located on the Hinox, another in the bluff camp, and one in the small army on top of the plateau. The island is a tropical island with palm trees and white sands. It contains a forest to the west with the tree camp north of the forest, the Hinox and with the Hinox and Bluff camp to the east, and the Plateau camp directly north. The island is armed to the teeth, and I was just stripped of all my earthly uh, defensive and offensive capabilities. Great. Okay. So what do I do? How do I combat this situation how do i how do i deal with this situation after i'm stripped uh i'm on the beach um in all my semi-naked glory and i'm looking around i'm scavenging i find tree branch not very helpful i find an apple again kind of helpful can heal heal me a little bit but i still can't defend myself with just a um with a three ounce apple. So after scavenging around for 10 minutes, I managed to find an old boat oar, as in like an, an oar you use to like a boat paddle to um, get yourself uh, to propel a boat in water, right? Um, which um, after having found that boat oar, I found a, a, a tiny encampment of Bacoblins right on the beach. So, I employed the ore to beat the living stuff out of these Bacoblins. Um, uh, these creatures, which I beat uh, the living daylights out of, 
are effectively like rude pigs trying to be human, but really failing at it, right? Like they they are essentially goblins, but more piggish in nature, visually. Um, so after after having um, eliminated, dispatched this small outcropping of Bacoblins on the beach, I nick all of their goods and come out with some food and a sword, a shield, um, and some spears. I am a more respectable warrior now, not quite up to the standard I was, but definitely um, more more capable now on this island. You know, I got I got a really rusty sword, a really terrible shield, but hey, it's a start. Now, um, I I travel through the forest, um, uh, north to the tree camp. So after having traveled through the forest, I sneak up on the tree camp with my newly acquired spear ready because my thought is that I could possibly throw this spear since I, um, upon having seen the tree camp, uh, the, the situation is this. There's two, um, well, there's, there's a total of three Bacoblins. Two of them are archers, and one of them has a uh, better spear than I do. So I have just a, I literally just have a sharpened stick for a spear. Uh, the Bacoblin with the spear in the tree camp, it has um, sort of like an edge. It has um, a sharpened sort of rock on the end, so it's a bit better than mine. But uh, the two archers are what I'm mainly concerned about and why I'm not immediately jump diving into the camp. Um, so I approach uh, from a hilltop. I'm able to get a good vantage point down and kind of um, I see the the first archer, right? Um, in, um, to give you an example of what the tree camp looks like, uh, it's, a str- it's, it's pretty much like a like scaffolding wrapped scaffolding wrapped around a large tree next to the beach. Um, several of the swine are scouting around. Uh, one is particularly close to me on its own little sort of post, like outpost. And um, I um, get out my spear, uh, reach my arm back to get ready to throw, and I just huck the spear at that archer. Uh, the archer gets hit by the spear, falls down to the ground, and poof, in uh, sort of dust, uh, just disappears. Um, like all good video, like what happens when you kill any enemy from any good video game back in the day. That actually alerted the rest of the Bacolans in the camp, so... I just got out my sword and shield and um, fought the rest hand-to-hand. Um, nothing that this um, veteran of the game, I shouldn't say veteran, but veteran video game player, couldn't handle. They were easily dispatched, including the one with the bow and arrow. So with the elimination of all those Bacoblins in the tree camp, I secured the first orb 
and I got a bow and arrow. Pretty cool. I'm more kitted out now. Night is approaching. Um, night in Breath of the Wild um, is more challenging because visibility is reduced. There's more sort of hostile creatures that are going to probably attack you. It's generally not a good idea if you're kind of um, in a position like I am. So I rested up for the night near a fire. On the second day, um, I uh, have a good vantage point from the tree camp so I can see where the bluff camp is. Um, and, you know, I spot it. It's, it's, on the, it's on the east side of the island. So I eat some food that I had collected from the previous day. And I, um, I head out. Um, as, as I head from the tree camp, I find the Hinnocks, um, sleeping in my path. Uh, the giant creature, um, resembles a, uh, Cyclops pig, right? Um, with like, uh, just, just an ugly, ugly thing. Um, so I'm like, I have, I cannot, I'm going to stick to my plan, keep going to the bluff camp, not engage this Hinox. So I carefully sneak around the Hinox towards the bluff, um, and I start scaling the side of of the of the bluff. Um, I come up over because I plan to do a sneak attack. Um, from previous playthroughs on this island, I kind of know where all the locations of the slimes and the bokoblins are. Um, so I come with my sword ready. And when I get off the cliff, I'm like, sneak attack. Well, if you yell sneak attack, it's not really a sneak attack anymore, right? So I alerted all of, uh, due to my hubris, I alerted all of the creatures on the bluff at once. So <laughs> I'm like, I can't handle this. I got to get out of here. So using one of my abilities that wasn't taken from me when I landed on the island, I threw a bomb at some conveniently placed explosive barrels and glide out of there on my paraglider, which also is an ability that wasn't stripped for me when I land on the island. As soon as I land on the ground, I detonate the bombs, and there goes half the camp in a fiery display of satisfaction. Okay. I retreat back, and I'm like, let's give this another attempt. Attempt number two, I come up the pathway with a spear on fire, thanks to a fire slime, and I decide I haven't, I can handle them all on my own. I don't really need the advantage of a sneak attack. And I throw this um, flaming spear at the nearest Bokoblin. I then huck, right after that, I huck another bomb at the expulsive barrels and jump off the cliffside again. Um... I detonate the bomb as I fly away, and there goes uh, most of the camp. So I'm kind of doing hit and run tactics right now because that's kind of the best suiting me. Um, I go up the bluff one more time, and I find the last remaining Bacoblin up on the cliff ready for me. And he's like a sergeant. It's it's like a sergeant, right? So I don't really want to take it directly in combat. So I run down the bluff. The creature follows me. I The creature loses me down the bluff and kind of looks for me around there. I sneak up back on up on the cliffside, 
and I just start hucking boulders down at it. And by the time it's able to get up at me, it has died after the fifth <laughs> rock has been thrown on it. So uh, the camp is now vacant. It is gone of all hostels. No orb. Damn, I forgot that uh, there wasn't an orb in this place, but I can cook food, which means better meals and more hearts. And uh, cooking meals in Breath of the Wild allows me to get more attack damage, increase my defense, increase my speed, give me resistances to uh, so effectively making it harder for things like shock, uh, for like lightning, fire, and acid to do damage to me. I, I, I take advantage of this opportunity of, to cook things, and I go to the forest, and I grab everything I can. So I get bananas, I get an axe, which is lying around the forest, I get a crab, and an assortment of tropical fruit. Unfortunately, I get cut short by a lightning storm, so I take shelter underneath a nearby cliff and rest for the night. So on day three, I hike back up to the bluff. Here, I have uh, an advantage against the Hinnoks sleeping below. I cook some food in preparation for this upcoming battle against the Hinnoks. Um, and I got I got some weapons from the previous bluff battle. Um, I, I think I'm pretty well stocked up for this fight, right? I got some food, more more equipment. I can I can take this large pig cyclops. Okay, so here we go. There's some boulders um, that I could roll down onto the Hinnoks, which I've done previously, but those haven't worked, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm literally going to go all around the island and pick up all the rocks I can find. So literally for 10 or 15 minutes in the game, maybe even a half an hour, honestly, I'm just walking around the bluff camp and finding all the rocks and piling them right next to the boulders. And by the time I'm done, I have like 10 or 15 rocks that I've uh, picked up, walked up the mountain with, gone back down, picked up another one, walked back the, up to the mountain, dropped it off, walked back down, and so on until I ha thought I had enough ammunition. So um, I, I'm like, I think I'm ready. Let's do this. I get to the boulder and I start pushing it and eventually it gives way um, starts slowly rolling down the hill gain speeds gain speed hits the Hinox the Hinox wakes up it's not happy that it's just been awoken especially not happy that it's been hit by a boulder it spots me and it does not like that and it heads straight up the pathway to the top of the bluff, right where I am. I will summarize what happens. I throw many things at the Hinnoks, like arrows, spears, crates, rock, and even a metal chest. The Hinnoks is not phased throughout the one-sided brawl. Before fleeing, I manage to glide and grab some weapons attached to the giant's neck. I leave the Hinox alone for now. I am not equipped to combat that beast. I do, however, get a lot of good weapons. So another thought pops into my mind. 
I think I'll give the small army a visit on top of the plateau. The small army lies atop the tallest point on the island. So I have to climb for a I have to climb for a while to get to the top. Once I find um, once I reach the top, uh, this is what I see. Um, several archers, more bacoblins with swords, and one large hoboblin. Oh boy. At least they don't see me. Now, a hoboblin is effectively a very large, lanky bacoblin, but much smaller still than a hinox. Still, Hoboblins prove very difficult to fight if you don't have the right equipment. And even if you do have the right equipment, depending on how seasoned the... What is it? How seasoned the Hoboblin is? Uh, it's, it's a very risky fight either way. For me. For me. I, I get to the top and I'm, I'm like, I see... All of these creatures, including the Hoboblin, and I'm like, at least they don't see me. Well, one of the archers has a really good vantage point. As soon as I reach the top of the cliff, one of the Bacoblin archers sees me and blows a horn. All at once, the small army charges me. So... <laughs> I I am not taking on this entire army at once. I panic and I run to the other side of the plateau. I could have jumped down. I could have paraglided away. But in my small lizard brain, I decide that I'm going to run to the other side of the island through the army because that makes sense. I run to the other side of the island finding shelter in a corner. And I'm cornered not weeding my way out of this one. So I take out my new club that I gained from the Hinox. I find out it's really good. So the approaching Bacoblins are very quickly eliminated thanks to this very fine weapon. I I find the Hoboblin um very near uh, the orb. Um, I found this out because I was thinking I just could grab, I just could pluck the orb, put it in its slot, and get out of here. Not quite so simple. The hoboblin was right near it, waiting for me. So I just, I'm tired at this point. I'm so tired. I want to get it on this eighth attempt not die for an eighth time. So with abandon, I just charge the Hoboblin. And my tactic is that I dance around it and avoid all of its hits. And it works. And I kind of poke it here, poke it there. It misses. It does hit me once. Puts me down about half health. Um, I manage... Um, very quickly to, in, in one final blow, um, defeat the Hoboblin. That was a very close fight, honestly. 
I don't know what would happen if I would have gotten hit twice. Probably would have died and probably would have had to restart the island all over again. But uh, the, the Hobblin's dead. Although there still remains uh, two archers on on the island. But they, I don't really think, compared to what I just fought, no, no challenge. So uh, over the next two minutes, I get rid of the archers. Um, I uh, actually don't kill uh, the archers immediately. I kind of jump around, let them shoot at me, but they never hit. The reason for this, I need some arrows. So I just pick up the arrows that they're shooting at me. So that way I can get a lot for the upcoming battle with the Hinox. After I have enough arrows, I get rid of the Bacoblins. And with that, the plateau camp is secured along with the second orb, more weapons, uh, better bow, more arrows. Oh, I think it's time to take on the Hinox now. So from the plateau, I paraglide down on top of the bluff. Like I said, it's the tallest point in the island, so I can get anywhere from here. Um, I get up top to the Bacoblin. Sorry, not the Bacoblin. I get up top to the bluff. I don't even I don't I don't even bother with the boulders at this point. I'm so done with this island. I'm literally like I'm just gonna use an arrow from this point to wake up the Hinox. Shoot it in the eye. It wakes up, sees me again, and um, starts walking up the island. Uh, not the island. Starts walking up the bluff, using the winding pathway. And I get over the cliff, pull my arrow fire it at its eye, it's stunned. Now that I have arrows, I can actually stun the Hinox. I, after I stun it, I put away my bow and arrow, take out my big old broadsword I got up from the plateau camp, and I just swing at its kneecaps. And um, it's stunned for a few seconds. So I just kind of skirt around the Hinox, not wanting to be hit by its flailing and um i continue to i continue to repeat the process of um shoot the hinox in the eye it goes stunned for a few seconds i swing ass knees it gets back up starts chasing me i run away to a safe distance fire it an arrow in its eye i start swinging ass kneecaps this is working i might just win for once Although I've been using a lot of arrows and depending on them quite a bit as I'm being chased around this Hinox in the bluff camp. Um, eventually, I run out of arrows. And I'm thinking, oh great, I'm back at square one. So the Hinox is approaching me, about to take a swing. I'm ready to jump off the bluff. But what happens is that as it's approaching me, the Hinox steps into uh, the fire I used to cook a lot of food up at uh, for to heal myself, and the Hinox just starts like clutching its foot, and I I'm like, all right, all right, 
I just, I charge it. At this point, I'm like, either, at this point, I didn't really care if I was going to win. I was so tired. I was so done with this entire island. I wanted to just put all my cards on the table. So I, I lunged at it, and I was just button mashing my controller to attack as fast as I could. Um, and then eventually, um, I didn't believe it, but finally I ticked away the last bit of health it had and poof, it disappeared. It's dead. And the final orb, the final orb that was wrapped around its neck dropped to the ground. And that was the final orb secured. I went around the island got all the orbs, put them in their respective places. After having done so, a structure rises out of the top of the ground on the plateau. I enter the temple and finally get the reward from that damn damnable spirit who trapped me here. I finally did it. I finally beat that island after the eighth time. And I was, I was, I was very happy, because I I thought I was never gonna be that island. Thank you for tuning in to listen to my struggle and final triumph over Event Tide Island. If you like this podcast enough, give it a review, give it a like, maybe even subscribe. If you might even as go so far as to share it over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Pinterest, um, what else? Google Plus. I don't think that exists anymore, but you know, it might. Um, this program, uh, D-Pad Diaries, um, is still up and coming. So any exposure that it could get. Um, from its fans would be greatly appreciated and I will give you a virtual hug but at the end of the day I'm just happy that you tuned into this episode to give it a listen thank you so much tune in next week as I play the new Spyro Reignited Trilogy music from filmmusic.io Midnight Tale by Kevin McLeod in Copatech.com. License CCBY Creative Commons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0.